welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. I'm joined here by my good buddy Tyler Big Irby Erbach. How you doing, man? Pretty good. How are you doing? You sound like you're kind of falling over as you did your, your intro there. Yeah, I was moving around all weird. I don't know. <laughs> Trying something new. <laughs> Either way, this is the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast. Uh, if you haven't noticed by now, we're missing one of our co-hosts, Jimbo. Uh, he is still down with the COVID and down with the uh, sickness. Yeah. He is getting down with it. (laughs) But yeah, anyways, uh, he won't be joining us, but hopefully he'll be, uh, with us tomorrow night. If not, maybe next week for the wave of wire episode that comes out on Tuesday. Uh, before we get started on this episode, which is going to be our start and sits for the early games, let's just go over all the formalities. Uh, if you don't follow us on Twitter by now, follow us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. We post our episodes on there and interact with various people asking us fantasy questions. If you got fantasy questions about your lineup, who you should be picking up for waiver wires, who you want to start or sit, definitely a good place to reach out to us um, at the FF Fathers. And whatever platform you're listening to us on right now, uh, make sure you like and subscribe so you see when our episodes come out. And if you like what you're hearing, give us five stars. If you don't, don't even rate us. So just, yeah, we'll keep it like that. Five stars all day. But like that's, I said that's earlier. That's all we provide anyways is five-star service, okay? Five-star five knowledge. Star service. Yep, no matter what. Um, I'll be honest. Sometimes it's maybe four-star, but it's at least four-star, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Nothing less. <laughs> so, yeah, this, this episode's all about the early games, start or sit. Uh, we're going to go through every single one of them leading up... Uh, all the way until the last game in the morning. So we got 11 games we're going to go over. And the first one right now is going to be Colts at the Broncos. Denver are three-point favorites right now. And the over-under is projected to be 43 points. This is a Thursday night game. Uh, the biggest news out of this game is uh, really the two biggest fantasy players probably for these teams are going to be out. Jonathan Taylor is not going to be playing. He was seen in a uh, walking boot during practice on Tuesday. Today, the Colts said that Jonathan Taylor is not going to be playing, so he's been ruled out for Thursday night football. And Javante Williams, if you haven't, if you've been living under a rock, he's out for the season. He tore his ACL, damaged his PCL, and his LCL. All the L's, just, his knee is just completely. He doesn't have a knee anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you make it sound like they're going to amputate. <laughs> he's going to be out there with crutches, still breaking tackles. So, um, so since Jonathan Taylor's out, it means Naeem Hines is going to be the biggest beneficiary from that, right? Yeah, I mean, it has to be. I have no problem throwing uh, Hines directly into your lineup and your starting starting spot there. And I even said on our waiver wire episode, like um, Jonathan Taylor, even if he did play, sounded like he was going to be pretty hobbled. So I would expect Hines to be a good flex play for you regardless. But now, I mean, he's got, you know, RB1 potential, but he should finish it with a solid RB2, you know, uh, points after after thursday night yeah definitely and he's always been he was involved in the passing game before jonathan taylor went down averaging uh, besides last week about six targets a game getting between 30 and 50 yards so um hopefully he gets some more work on the ground but Deion jackson he was a big waiver wire pickup and he is the backup to naheem hines and jonathan taylor do do you think he's going to do anything I mean, I'm sure he's going to get some play, but I mean, so far in the season, he's played like three snaps or something like that. Like, 
Um, you know, and it's not like he's been hurt. He's been basically inactive these first two games. So um, if they wanted to use him to spell Taylor or Hines at one point, I think they, we would have seen that. And we just haven't. So I'm not expecting a ton from him, but I'm sure he'll get a little to work, a little bit of work in there. Yeah, I'm of the same mindset. So I, I, we both like Naheem Hines this week, right? We're starting him. Very good yep. start. Yeah, without yeah. question. Okay. Um, let's see. Matt Ryan, he's been pretty iffy. I probably wouldn't start him. You wouldn't, right? I mean, he, has, he hasn't broke 15 points a game, I think, yet. Well, I'm pretty sure he did last week. Um, honestly, the bigger thing is that, like, this offense is just starting to get going. Um, he did 16-84 last week, so. Yeah, you know, he mm-hmm. he sh- he started, but this everything looks to like it's starting to come together a little bit more for this offense. So um, we'll see how it goes. Obviously, this is not a great matchup. the The Broncos are a pretty stingy defense. They have you know really good corners. So we'll see how how that goes. Um, as of right now, they're actually only giving up eleven point six points per game to quarterbacks. So yeah, not a good start Ooh. for Ryan this week. Um, but who knows, man? If this offense, you know, if they are still putting it together and he's able to show a good showing against a good defense. Then I, you know that's probably uh, something that the rest of the league should watch out for. Yeah, if he does that, then I would pay attention to him. But for now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely fade Matt Ryan. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. He had a pretty uh, quiet week last week, but he's the obvious number one receiver there. I would still start him, but like you said, Denver has really good corners, so hopefully you have some other wide receivers you can rely on. Um, would you start Michael Pittman? Yeah, I think I mean you probably have to. I mean, let's let's you know we think about this. You probably drafted him in like the fourth round in many leagues. That's where about where he was going. So him and Deontay Johnson, they're both having a little bit of struggles right now. But you still have to. You have to like. There's too much talent there. He's the number one guy. He's gonna get his shots. It's one of those things where he's still building that rapport with Matt Ryan. Um, and when you have a number one guy, like a true number one, like guy that's a ton of talent like that, sometimes you have to just force feed him the ball, even if he's covered, just put it up there and expect him to go make that play, you know? So I think they're still working on that kind of chemistry, um, but it'll get there sooner rather than later. Yeah, you pretty much said it perfectly. What about Alec Pierce? He seems to be picking up a little bit of steam. We talked about him on the waiver wire episode. You know, he's a big yeah. play threat, but he's not getting the ball that much. Um, I would still wait to see what would happens with Alec Pierce. Agreed. Yeah, I think he's still somebody you should be on. Your, he should be on your bench. Like he should be rostered because he has a lot of upside. But yeah, I'm not throwing him into a lineup right now. And Mo Ali Cox, he had a big week last week. Six catches, I think like 80 yards, two touchdowns. I think that's fluky. But with the tight end situation as it is, if you don't have one of the top three to five tight ends, I wouldn't mind throwing him in there because all the other tight ends are so inconsistent right now. Would you do it? I mean. Yeah, depending on what your tight end situation is looking like, like he's in high upside play. He's also has a, you know, it's high risk, high reward. I mean, er, so far in the season before this huge output, he had a total like seven points on the season. So it's who knows what could happen. But like you said, tight ends volatile as, as all hell. And if you want a guy with some upside, Moali Cox, you know, you can't do much worse than that. Yeah, he's the definition of boom or bust. It, he's been like that his whole career, though. <clears throat> Or even just Colts tight ends in general since, uh, what was his name? Dallas. Yeah. Dallas, uh, Dallas Clark. Yep. That, that's the one. There we go. Yeah. And that was a long time ago. So let's talk about the Broncos side of the ball. Like we said, Javante Williams out for the season. 
That makes room for Melvin Gordon, who's fumbled the ball four times in four games. But uh, one of the biggest waiver wire pickups of the week was Mike Boone and also Latavius Murray. He had some buzz going. So how do you think this backfield is going to play out between those three guys? Melvin Gordon is probably still going to get at least 50% snap share because he was already getting it. But then Mike Boone and Latavius Murray are in the picture. And we talked about this heavily on the waiver wire episode also. We like Mike Boone, but Latavius Murray, he's looming, right? He's He could For creep sure. up. For sure. And yeah, we did, I don't want to go too far into it because we did talk about it a lot um, in the last episode. I do still feel like Melvin Gordon is going to get like 75 or 80% of the snaps and the touches in this backfield, at least in this first week. That could change going going forward. I think this first week, he's going to be you know the bell cow back for them. Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm thinking. And hopefully Mike Boone eventually gets more work just because I picked him up in like four out of seven leagues. But if you're a Melvin, Go- Melvin Gordon um, owner, uh, this is your week. It should happen for you, and it better happen for you. So what about the receivers? Um, seems like every week we're talking about Jerry Judy. What are we supposed to do with him? Cortland Sutton, he's a must-star. I think he's it's obvious at this point. But Jerry Judy, I mean, I don't know. With Russell Wilson at quarterback, it's just so iffy right now. Russell's not even consistent. Right, that's the biggest thing. Um, it's just this whole offense and the passing game in general is pretty rough. Um, you know, he had a decent game last week. Uh, not a ton of targets, but he did catch four of the five and he did score a touchdown, which is always big as well. But yeah, um, I think depending on your wide receiver situation, you might have to, to flex Jerry duty, but I would hope I don't have to and he can keep him on the bench until we see more production out of this offense. Yeah, definitely. I've talked about it a million times. I like consistency out of my players and he is not consistent. I, I need consistency, especially out of my wide receivers. I hate when you like you get a, like a four point game out of them. But it's early in the season, so we'll see how things play out. Uh, I wouldn't start him, but yeah, like you said, depending on your situation, you might have to put him in your flex. Right. It should be noted that the two weeks, his two poor weeks that he had back to back, was when the injury happened. So the first game he barely played um, because of the injury, and then they had him kind of at a snap count in the the week three against San Francisco, and then he was back and playing ninety percent of snaps against Las Vegas last week. So maybe. You know, you shouldn't have so much concern for it. Maybe we shouldn't, but that's just the way I, you know we're both feeling right now is to have a little bit of concern. But hey, man, if he goes out there and has another solid outing here in Indy, then I think you go back into you know kind of a weekly flex play area for him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that pretty much wraps up that game. Is there anyone else you would like to bring up? I don't think I have any. No, I mean, I think I do want to just throw this out there though that like. It's time for sure to put the put Albert O into his coffin. Um, the hype that we had all offseason <laughs> was clearly overblown. Uh, he's barely part of this offense right now, so just put that one to bed. That's the hype that you had. I was never I was never even on that train. I never even looked up a ticket price for that train. No, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> no, thank you. Yes, you, you said that perfectly. Just got to move on from that. So let's go on to the next game. Giants are playing... Um, Technically, they're the away team against the Packers, but the game is in London. It's the Giants against the Packers, and the Packers are eight-point favorites right now. The over-under is 41.5, which is probably one of the lowest over-unders this week, according to Vegas. Um, on the Giants' side of the ball, Daniel Jones is day-to-day after he basically broke his ankle, apparently. Um, <laughs> at least that's like what it kind of looked like. And um, Oh, no, that was Mac Jones that I'm thinking of. I'm mixing up my yeah, Joneses. Yeah, it was Mac Jones, yeah. 
okay, either way, Daniel Jones is day to day with an ankle sprain. Uh, they hope he'll play, and Tyrod Taylor is his backup, but he's in concussion protocol. I forgot who the third string guy was. We talked about it on the waiver wire episode. Um, did we? Because he's not even listed on the depth chart. Oh, never mind. I might be mixing up games. Either way, they're hoping Daniel Jones is going to play. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor might not play. Who knows who their quarterback's going to be? Either way, we're not trusting anybody in this passing game or this receiving game. The only person that we're starting is say, 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 Saquon. No matter what, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And luckily, you know, Saquon looked pretty good back there playing the Wildcat quarterback. So, you know, he might go back there and, and toss a few up for, for Danny Jones. Yep. So nothing's changed at all in five weeks. We're only starting Saquon, Saquon Barkley. <laughs> God damn it. Whatever. You see what I'm talking about. Um, let's talk about the Packers side of the ball. Um, let's see. R- right now, we all thought that Romeo Dubs was going to be the guy or Dobbs. I can't. I don't know. Is it, is it Dubs? I, man, I don't know anymore. They're just, saying just, Dubs on the cast. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Like like ESPN, NFL Network, they're all saying Dubs, not Dobbs. So I think Jim's crazy. Yeah, Jim is crazy. <laughs> He's crazy with the COVID. So yeah, it's Romeo Dubs. And um, <clears throat> so we had high hopes for Romeo Dubs, and we still do. But last week, Alan Lazard had a great game, which we expected him to have a few this week or through a few this year, since he has like the most rapport with Aaron Rodgers. How do you feel about this moving forward? I still am leading heavily on Dubs being the more consistent start. So, how do you feel about it? You know, I'm I'm not sure. I'm, I think it could be 50-50. I think as the season goes along, they're actually both viable plays on a weekly basis. It's just hard to say right now. Luckily, the Giants' defense is not very good. Um, hopefully they can, you know, Aaron Rodgers can take advantage of that. But uh, I would say right now, you could probably uh, play both of them. Yeah, I could see that definitely. Um, so, so what about the backfield, the running backs, Aaron Jones, obviously he's a must start. You know, he's top 12 in PPR and standard, which we all expected. AJ Dillon, he's been looking pretty good, um, but not exactly great. Would you start AJ Dillon? I mean, he's only had one double digit game so far this year. Yeah, it's a little concerning because he's actually getting more carries than than Aaron Jones is, but he's not doing a whole lot with them. Um, you know, on the year he's averaging under four yards a carry. So it's a little it's a little dicey. Um, I think he's probably still good enough to flex though. Yeah, yeah. He he's barely moving into my flex, but I I would I'd be flirting with that idea definitely. Um and we talked about it on our waiver wire episode. And I believe last week you want the Packers defense. If you don't have them already, if they're still available, you want the Packers defense. They have a very fair, favorable schedule coming up for the next four weeks or so. Um, they're basically playing all the worst teams in the Northeast section of the NFL. So it's going to be really good for the Packers. Let's move on to the next game. We got Tyler Seahawks playing in New Orleans against the Saints. The Saints are five and a half point favorites. The over-under is 46 points. This should be a pretty interesting game, I think. I think we'll see some good stuff happening fantasy-wise. Uh, Rashad Penny, he showed out last week. Like I said he would. He was my start of the week last week. And, <clears throat> you know, uh, Kenny Walker came back, and we were worried about how much he would be eaten into the offense. But Rashad Penny continues to be the number one running back. So, I mean, he's a must-start, right? Rashad Penny. 
Yeah, I mean, if you draft him, you probably have to. He hasn't, you know, up until week four, he hasn't done a whole lot uh, on this season. Um, a couple of games, it seems like the Seahawks kind of forgot he was there. Um, it is a little concerning going up against his defense, though. They are giving up the fourth least amount of points to running backs right now. So the the matchup is not great. I'm with where you probably, but you probably have better options, too. Um with you know, with where Rashad Penny was being drafted at, and you know the ninth or so round, you probably have other options to throw him in there. And you know, I would probably want to sit Penny against this matchup. I can see that. I'm just going to ride the hot horse, man. Uh, just hope it happens. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to take that risk. But yeah, like you said, if you got a couple good running backs in the early rounds, drafting him later in the draft, I could see yourself like maybe flexing him or not even starting him, depending on who you drafted. But um, let's talk about the receivers here. We got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And DK's got you looking kind of dumb because... I know. (laughs) You said Tyler Lockett was going to be the better wide receiver in this offense. And DK's had two pretty good weeks in a row. And, you know, it's not like Lockett's been playing bad either, but DK's definitely outshining him. Are, Are both of these receivers, like, are they starting receivers in fantasy because i mean gino's looking pretty good gino is looking pretty good now i mean that's the last he's been you know the dump off king all all season and against denver and san and san francisco both guys weren't great i think tyler was a little bit better in both those games and in the last two weeks against poor defenses they really you know took advantage of that now they're playing another good defense and so i worry that this is a week where actually we see them both kind of fall back off and then I'm still kind of leaning towards Tyler Lockett. I mean, I understand what DK's done the last few weeks, but when you go back to their week one and two output, um, Tyler Lockett was much, much better and had a lot more usage. So that's my concern against good defenses is that DK can kind of get, you know, overshadowed. Yeah, you bring up a really good point, and I like my consistent guys. I'd, re- I'd much rather have Tyler Lockett a.k.a. Tyler's Lockett, because you just love any player <laughs> that has the name Tyler. It's Man, like, like inevitable. I, like, I said, like we said over the way, there's so many relevant fantasy players named Tyler right now. It's amazing. Yeah, and I have Trey Lance. It's horrible. <laughs> it sucks. I was never on that train anyways. But um, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up the Seahawks side of the ball. Um, well, let's talk about Geno Smith for a second, though. Geno Smith, top 10 quarterback right now. He's worthy of starting, do you think? I I would pass on this week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he does have a nice floor, though. He's not going to blow you away, but his floor seems to be around 16 points. So if you're struggling at quarterback, he's definitely not a bad person to have. And he's only rostered in 32% of leagues. So um, yeah, definitely someone you can look at if you are looking for a quarterback to start this week. But let's talk about the Saints side of the ball. Jameis Winston, he missed practice on Wednesday with back and ankle injuries. He's highly questionable to play this weekend. And if he misses the game, that means Andy Dalton starting. I do not want anything to do with Andy Dalton. Do you? I mean, not particularly in terms of like fancy wise, but um, so I mean, the, the Saints had a pretty good offensive showing last week with him at the helm. So maybe you know, for other fantasy players that are on this team, he might be the better option. That That is a good point. But man, I just, I've seen what I needed to see out of Andy Dalton. So yeah, maybe like the, the other, you know, the skill players can eat, but I'm not going to 
start him at quarterback. But, you know, speaking of skill players, Alvin Kamara limited in practice on Wednesday. Definitely keep an eye on what's going on with him. And uh, he also practiced all of last week on a limited basis. Yep. So it seems like he's definitely pretty hobbled. You want to keep an eye on that. But, you know, if he's healthy, you're starting Alvin Kamara, definitely. Yeah, it's, that's one of those ones. It's a rib injury, so it's you know all about pain tolerance is what they basically tell you. It's like you know, it's, can he fight through the pain enough? And and that's really dicey as a running back when you get hit on every play. So um, that's probably why. Since he practiced all of last week as well, though, I would think that he's probably gonna be ready to go this week. Right. Well, he did end up missing week four, even though he practiced all week. That's kind of concerning. A little bit, but again, with a rib injury, like it's going to be always like a game time decision based off of how his pain tolerance is going to be. And if it was still too high, um, then, you know, that's the way it's going to go. Yeah, I would say he does have a pretty good chance this week to play kind of what you were saying. I've messed my ribs up before, and the, the first week is the fucking worst. That It's a, it's a long recovery. But, God, the, the Saints are really just banged up right now. Michael Thomas, he also missed practice. Um, yeah. like Jameis on Wednesday and um, it's a with a foot injury that kept him out of last week's game and when Michael Thomas didn't play the biggest beneficiary was Marquez Callaway he played 97% of the snaps if Michael Thomas does play are you starting him yeah I mean you know I mean Michael Thomas you probably didn't draft necessarily high he was kind of a, a flyer take anyways based off of what could happen in the past. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, if he's playing, I would absolutely start him. I mean, you're playing the Seahawks, right? Their defense sucks. Like everyone eats against the Seahawks. So go ahead and throw him back in there. Um, the other thing is Jarvis Landry actually did practice this today as well on Wednesday. And so he might be ready to play this weekend as well. And if that's the case, if they're both back, then, you know, Callaway is certainly out of the question. And I'm curious as to what you see Olave doing if both Jarvis and Michael Thomas are back. Yeah, I was going to ask you the same thing because Olave, um, I don't know if it changed after last week, but before week four, he had the most air yards in the NFL as far as receivers go. So they've been throwing the ball deep to Chris Olave all year. Uh, he still ended up getting a touchdown last week, and he's seen a good amount of targets, a decent amount of snaps, You know, playing around 70% of the snaps. He seems like the guy that I would want out of any of these receivers right now, especially with Michael Thomas being a little bit banged up, Jarvis Landry coming back. Um, not really coming back, but I guess, you know, I guess getting healthier. I don't know how you would even say it. He hasn't really done anything <laughs> all year right? besides week one. So I like Chris Olave. Out of these three guys, who would you choose? Oh, Olave for sure. Um, that shouldn't be a, a question right now. Um, the usage Olave is getting is, is pretty impressive. So I want the guy who's getting the most looks. Yeah, definitely. Especially those deep looks, getting all those air yards. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up that game there. Let, let's move on to the Steelers versus the Bills. They're playing in Buffalo. Buffalo are 14 point favorites. Yikes. That's got to be a close to a record. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, I remember last year there was a game. I remember freaking out over it. They were some, I can't remember what the, what the teams were, but it was a 17 point line in an NFL game. I was like, that's insane. Yeah, this is this is definitely wild. Um, geez, the, yeah, the over under is going to be forty seven. So they see the Bills just absolutely clobbering the Steelers, aka Pittsburgh, because Kenny Pickett is officially the starter. Overtook um, Trubisky. 
<clears throat> so yeah, he's going to start against the Bills, and I think the biggest difference we can see in the Steelers' offense is that Kenny Pickett is going to throw the ball a lot to George Pickens. That's probably the biggest difference that I'm going to see, and hopefully things change for Najee Harris because he's been absolutely garbage this year. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, obviously that was for many people, you know, first round draft pick. So uh, you definitely want Najee coming back. Um, yeah, I will say, I mean, Kenny Pickett, like I know this is a really tough matchup, but he seems to not be, you know, too like he, he can rise to the occasion. I mean, last week, even though he threw three picks, technically every ball he threw was completed. He went 10 for 13. His three, <laughs> in, his three incompletions were, were interceptions. So I mean, we just saw good things out of him. Um, obviously, he's gonna be a rookie, so there's gonna be there's gonna be that learning curve. But I don't know. I'm excited to see what this offense looks like with Kenny Pickett at the helm. Yeah, definitely. I'm rooting for him, and I really hope it's the change that they need in that offense because I got a lot of shares of Najee Harris, and I need some good things to happen. Facts. Um, let's see. Um, we're, we're you're still starting Najee Harris, so I think you kind of have to with where you draft him for a second round. You got to keep rolling with him. So. Yeah, if somehow you could bench Najee Harris because you have a better option, I would love to see that draft. Who maybe if they have Damian Pierce, someone like that. Could uh, be. Yeah, well, he also got drafted decently high. But either way, that pretty much wraps up the Steelers on the Bills side of the ball. Obviously, Josh Allen, uh, Stefan Diggs. It's not even worth talking about. Those guys are must starts every week. But Isaiah McKenzie, he didn't practice on Wednesday. He's still in concussion protocol, so he's questionable to play. Jameson Crowder broke his ankle. He's out indefinitely. We talked about this in the waiver wire episode a decent amount that the wide receiver three for the Bills usually does pretty good because Isaiah McKenzie, he had, uh, what, three touchdowns in four weeks. And the next person in line is going to be Khalil Shakir, a.k.a. Khalil Mack and Tupac's baby. So if he gets his first start of his, you know, of his career, would you start Khalil Shakir? I mean, I'm not going to start him week one when, you know, he's barely played this season. Um, I mean, he's been really stuck on the depth chart. I mean, he's played <laughs> one game, 35% of snaps. The other game, 25% of snaps. The other two games, he didn't play at all. So he's not getting any, like, say so far this year. So I want to see the way it works out here in week one. And maybe he is a decent part of this offense. And then you have another good matchup the following week with Kansas City. So. Who knows? That That's kind of where I'd be leading right now. Yeah, I'm with you. I probably wouldn't start him. But if you're a betting man, I would definitely put money on getting him getting a touchdown because wide receiver three usually gets a touchdown for the Bills. And there's yeah. probably really good odds for him to um, <clears throat> for you to win some money if he does score a touchdown. So, yeah. Anything else you want to say about this game? Uh, Yeah, I think we should bring up Gabe Davis. Um. He was, you know, kind of a, a hype beast throughout the throughout the summer. And, you know, everyone thinking that he was going to be come in and, and really start to thrive in this offense. And I know I said it all summer. I'm worried that we're taking way too much from a single playoff game. And so far, it looks like that's the case, because in the last two games, he's totaled. A, he has a total of six points, only has nine targets and less than 50 yards. So. What's happening with him? I mean, what should owners do with Gabe Davis? If I had him, I'd be pan I'd be panicking. It's crazy though because he's playing basically every single snap. Yeah. Like, how is he not getting the ball? Uh 
I would say maybe try to trade him, but right now he's not going to be worth much because he's not scoring that many points. Maybe if he has a boom game, I'd try to trade him. That's like really the only approach I would have a Gabe Davis at this point. I'm not starting him. Yeah, I mean, our, I mean, if we have another week like this one, like the last couple he's had, is he going to be in drop territory? Who? Oh. Ah, uh, man. Uh, I would say it's pretty likely, yeah. But we're also getting to that point in the season where a lot of guys are getting injured. So you kind of got to hold on to these people, even though he's not doing anything. But he's on the field for every snap in one of the best offenses in the NFL. It's It seems insane that he's not going to get some points eventually. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> Let's move on to the next game, though. Chargers are playing in Cleveland against the Browns. They are only three-point favorites. That's kind of interesting. Um, the over-under is 48 points. And this it's going to be a pretty heavy... Uh, what would I say? What's the word for it I'm trying to say? Either way, we're going to be talking about a lot of injuries because it's that part of the season. It's going to be injuries all over the place. And Keenan Allen, he's considered day-to-day right now. He's got a hamstring injury that's you know kept him out since week one. He missed practice Wednesday. He is expected to be back last week, but he had a setback. You know, hamstrings are just super iffy. During the whole time that Allen's not been playing, Gerald Everett seems to be the biggest beneficiary from that because he's averaged seven targets a game over those three weeks that Allen hasn't played. So even if Keenan Allen does come back, I'd be iffy on starting him. And if he doesn't play, Gerald Everett seems like a pretty safe play, right? Yeah, I mean, so far in the season, Gerald Everett is tight end number six in PPR format. Um, he's getting a, enough looks, and he's getting a lot of red zone looks as well. So, yeah, I think Gerald Everett should absolutely be on everyone's roster at this point and should be started for, for the most part unless you have one you know, the top few guys. Yeah, definitely. And, and the rest of the Chargers offense, pretty much must stars Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams. You're starting those guys, definitely. I mean... <laughs> Mike Williams is back to it to his old habits, you know, of having big games and then absolutely going silent the next week. So we'll see how that works out. But uh, with where you probably drafted Mike Williams, yeah, you're gonna have to play him. Yeah, you got to ride with him. He's still getting a decent amount of targets, but it's just weird how he'll get ten targets, eight catches, and next week he'll have six six targets and only one catch. Still caught it for a touchdown in week three. It's, yeah, he's very inconsistent. Typical Mike Williams, but at least he's still somewhat getting points when he messes up. So on the Brown side of the ball, what are we doing with Kareem Hunt? You know, he's getting decent usage, uh, more than 10 carries a game, but he just doesn't really look that good. He's not getting the goal line touches. He's only had two touches inside of the five so far this year. No touchdowns. Nick Chubb looks like an absolute beast, like we all know him to be. It seems like things are changing in Cleveland, because usually it was that one-two punch, and that second punch is not really coming. Yeah, yeah, it's not hitting him at all. Luckily, Chubb seems to be able to do a you know punch with punch with both hands anyway, so they don't really need him <laughs> to. Um, but yeah, I mean, at this point, I mean, Kareem Hunt, he's he's right there, like just really close to being droppable to me. He's just not doing that much with the time with the carries he's getting. And he is getting a decent amount of carries. Ten carries a game for a backup running back is, is good. But he's just not doing anything with him. He doesn't look good. He doesn't look inspired. I mean, I we understand there was a, the whole uh he requested a trade before the season started. They essentially just ignored him, said, 
screw you, you're playing for us. And he doesn't look like he wants to be there. So, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. I, but Kareem Hunt should be on everyone's bench. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, this next person we're going to talk about, Amari Cooper, do you just want to kind of take it away? Because you, <laughs> I think you got a lot yeah. to say about him. <laughs> man, I... Uh, he yeah he, he had me looking looking pretty bad last week man um but i think that was more a credit or me you know underestimating how good aj terrell is for the falcons um he's a you know their young corner he's i think second or third year in the league out of clemson um is playing really well and he shadowed cooper on 27 of the 34 routes and only gave up one catch for nine yards so i think it was more that terrell is really really good at as being a cornerback and um maybe when you're looking <clears throat> you know down the future you're, when you have a number one receiver playing the falcons maybe you should hold your expectations a little bit because aj Terrell will be shadowing him and he's pretty damn good yeah and that brings up a good point you know there, there's not that many very great cornerbacks in the league there's you know maybe like a dozen of them i would say that like when you do have a starting receiver that's going to be going against one of these guys and most likely have them shadow them on most of the routes, you got to be paying attention to that. It's still pretty early in the year because it changes every year as far as like who's really killing it at cornerback. But you brought up a good point. AJ Terrell, you know, if you got a number one receiver going up against him and the Falcons, you got to keep an eye out for that dude. Definitely. So would you start Amari Cooper though this week? (laughs) That's a good question. Um, I mean, against the Chargers, probably not. Um, their defense is pretty good. I, they're a little weaker against the run, but they're pretty good against the against you know opposing pass offenses. A lot of talent on the backside there, so I'm gonna go ahead and keep Amari Cooper on the bench this week. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much of the same mindset, but he's definitely not a bad person to have on your team right now. Hopefully, they become more consistent between. Um, ah, why am I forgetting the quarter the quarterback right now? Uh, Jacoby Brissett. Hopefully him and uh, Jacoby become a lot more consistent with each other as the season progresses. But yeah, definitely on the bench. Uh, what about David Njoku, though? He saw seven targets last week, five catches for 73 yards. I don't know why he's still available in a lot of a lot of leagues. I think he is a weekly starter just because of the usage that he's starting to get. Um, you know, the last two weeks, 17 targets, 14 catches, about 160 yards and a touchdown. He's playing 90 plus percent of snaps. Yeah, the tight end landscape sucks. He's definitely not a bad person to be thrown out there. No, not at all. He is still available in more than 30% of leagues out there. Um, And I can understand if you have one of the top guys and you're not trying to, you know, carry a second tight end on your bench all season. Um, I can understand, you know, not wanting to waste that roster spot. But for everybody else, Njoku's a really good pickup. Um, He should do some some good things um, going forward. He's getting a ton of targets right now. So. And like we said the same thing about Molly Cox, like guys with upside. David Njoku has probably the same type of upside, but he's getting a lot more usage. So he should absolutely be on everyone's radar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he has a way higher floor than Molly Cox. That is for sure. Um, Yeah, I think that wraps up that game there. Let's talk about the Bears playing in Minnesota against the Vikings. Vikings are seven-point favorites. Over-under is 44 points. On the Bears side of the ball, Dave Montgomery still hasn't practiced with the ankle, the ankle injury that kept him out last week. Right now, he's officially questionable. Meanwhile, Khalil Herbert has been doing pretty good with Mo- David Montgomery out. Um, I say if Montgomery's out, 
you know, Khalil Herbert, he's a must start. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he didn't, he wasn't great last week. Um, you know, kind of modest numbers. He had 19 carries over 77 yards. So it wasn't, you know, a, an awful day for him. It just wasn't, he, he didn't break out, but this is a pr- another pretty good matchup. The Vikings against the run are not very good. Um, they're giving up something where they go. They're giving up over 23 points a game to running backs. And since Khalil Herbert is the only running back that Chicago seems to use because they like to use, you know, a singular guy like that, then Khalil Herbert should be in in line for a good day here. Yeah, definitely. And I see Dave Montgomery. If he does play, he'll he'll probably be splitting snaps with Khalil Herbert. And like you said, they're giving up 23 points a game. So Khalil Herbert, even if Dave Montgomery is in, I still thought we're throwing him in the flex. You know, definitely not in a bad situation. But other than that, the Bears offense looks horrible. Justin Fields, he cannot throw the goddamn ball. Cole Komet doesn't exist. Darnell Mooney doesn't exist. None of these guys, right? We don't want to talk about them. No, there's no point. <laughs> All right. Uh, on the Viking side of the ball, though, uh, even though Dalvin Cook uh, has this like repeatedly dislocated shoulder that he's been dealing with, he seemed good to go. And he did play last week. The usage was exactly the same. They just kept the ball rolling with Dalvin Cook. So, you know, if you're an Alexander Madison owner, you definitely were disappointed, like me, someone who kind of drafted him late later in the draft as a cuff. But it seems like Dalvin Cook, that train's still rolling. So Dalvin Cook is a must-start, I would say. Um, would you have anything like to counter on that? I mean, I think it's pretty no. obvious at that point. No, yeah, not at all. I would just like to say I'm sorry for everyone who ended up going out and spending a bunch of fab on Alexander Madison just for to have it, you know, thrown back in your face. Ah, man, if you were in a league that was spending fab on Alexander Madison, you might not be in a competitive league. I feel like Alexander Madison's like one of the number one cuffs that always gets drafted later in the draft. That is true. But in case he was available. Yeah. Yep, I feel you. And so on the, the receiver side of the Vikings, uh, Justin Jefferson finally bounced back after struggling for a few weeks. And Adam Thielen had a pretty good game. Nine targets, eight catches, 72 yards. Justin Jefferson, you're you're still starting him even if he is struggling just because of where you drafted him. But what about Adam Thielen? Can you see him being fa- like fantasy relevant again? Yeah, I mean, he was one of my guys I was kind of thinking would you know have a bounce back year after last season, anyways. And he's kind of showing it. Um, you know, in the last three weeks, seven, eight, and nine targets. So he's getting plenty of looks, and then you basically just want to turn that into a little more production. I mean, um, you know, more red zone production to be more specific, but. Yeah, I think Thielen is a type of guy that you should be heavily considering flexing on a weekly basis. Yeah, I'm with that, especially if he starts scoring touchdowns again. The last few years, he's been very touchdown reliant, and maybe he's also been getting a lot of touchdowns. That's kind of like his forte. Not really a yards guy, more of a touchdown guy. So, I mean, if you have him, it's not a bad, you know, it's not bad to sit on him and just kind of wait for things to happen. KJ Osborne, though, I thought he'd be great. He's not getting like any usage right now so i'm pretty disappointed in that so yeah i he was another guy you know we talked about a lot with the ramp with you know kevin o'connell coming from the sean McVay coaching tree and how much they use 11 personnel which is you know three wide receivers on on the field i was thinking that kj osborne would be you know a deep a deep league play but yeah just not happening man kind of sucks yeah r.i.p to kj Let's talk about the Lions playing in New England against the Patriots. Patriots are three-point favorites, which I think is just absolutely absurd, but whatever. 
And the over-under is 45.5 points. On the Lions side of the ball, DeAndre Swift was held out of practice on Wednesday. Um, head coach Dan Campbell, he did say that many veterans were being held out anyways. But I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week that you know, there was rumors flying around that they just might even hold Swift out until after the bye week, give him a nice like three weeks of rest and just let him come back completely healthy, which is what I think they should do anyways because he's so injury prone. So I wouldn't be surprised if DeAndre Swift doesn't play this week. I wouldn't be surprised either. I'm going to go on those rumors those rumors that that would be true because he is injury prone. He's a young guy. Let him get rested up. And not to mention, like Jamal Williams, I understand it was the Seahawks, but he went out and looked really damn good uh, last week. So it's like you don't need to rush Swift back because you have a very, very capable backup in Jamal Williams. Yeah, definitely. And even without most of their starters last week, it was against the Seahawks, but the Lions looked really good. Yeah, I mean, it's an explosive offense right now. It's it's fun to watch. And and speaking of holding veterans out of practice, these guys aren't necessarily veterans. Maybe DJ Shark, but you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, and DJ Shark all didn't practice on Wednesday. You got to keep an eye on what's going on with those guys. Um, but if Amon Ra plays, you're definitely starting him. I don't really know about Josh Reynolds and DJ Shark, unless you're in a deeper league. I'm not really messing with that. You know, Josh Reynolds was putting up decent numbers even when Amon Ra was in, so I think Josh Reynolds should be someone you could consider flexing. Um, and even this week against the Patriots, we talked about it a little bit, you know, in the waiver wire when when things like this came up. But uh, the Patriots aren't that good of a defense this year, even though we expect them to be traditionally good. They're just not this year. So I think Josh Reynolds should be on, you know, on, have him on, on your flex tier and just see what, you know, what match you might like more. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, especially, you know, if Amon Ra doesn't play and DJ Shark is out, he, he's going to be sitting in a good spot. Oh, but yeah, the other sure. guy who catches the other guy who catches the ball, TJ Hawkinson. Welcome to the NFL. <laughs> Welcome to 2022. Uh. Jeez. I'm so I'm so disappointed James not here. I know. Uh, I mean, yeah. I wanted to throw this in his face so badly. Oh, that was great. I mean, start yeah. talking about start of the week, man. Yeah, you called it. That was <laughs> your start of the week, and he had a career day against the Seahawks. 12 targets, 8 catches, 179 yards, 2 touchdowns. Obviously, that's kind of a one-off performance, but, I mean, if he can even do half of that, he's a must-start every single week. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I mean, I think I would I would definitely start him this week just to hope he keeps the ball rolling in even a 50% capacity. Are you doing that? Yeah, I mean, he's super talented. So, like, we, we've we seen him, you know, have good games previously, um, you know, and last year. I feel like this season they maybe have just kind of forgotten, like, how good of a talent he is, and he's been kind of taken out of some of the game plans. So I think them seeing all the work he can do when he gets the chance that even when everyone comes back healthy, He'll be a larger part of this offense, and I think you're going to get a much better return on where you drafted him. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, well, what about the Patriots, though? You know, they are playing the Lions, the worst defense, arguably, in the league right now, giving up over 28 points per game to <laughs> running backs. I don't think it's even arguably, man. <laughs> I think they are the worst defense in the league. Yeah, you brought it up during the waiver wire episode, right? Like they've scored an insane amount of points, but they've also given up pretty much the same amount of points. Yeah, so they've scored 140, but have given up 141 points. Right now, they're on pace to give up the most points in NFL history. Um, so yeah, they're not good. 
that's like 33 points that they're scoring, giving up 33 points a week. I mean, that that's insane. But yeah, at least the offense is looking good. So for the Patriots, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, I think they, they should be flex-worthy plays just because of how bad Detroit's defense is, right? Absolutely. I mean, we've said it the last couple of weeks, like Ramondre's getting more touches, but Damian Harris looks like the better running back. He's the one doing a lot more with the touches he's getting, uh, more explosive, getting most of the goal line work. But against this defense, yeah, they should both be flex-worthy plays for you this week. Yeah, definitely. And Mac Jones, I think what's the word on him? He's not going to play most likely. Um, I don't think so. Let me double check this real quick. At least when we were talking on the waiver. Oh, he did. He returned today on a limited basis. Um, I mean, obviously that's a step in the right direction, but I mean, they're talking about like, you know, possibly needing surgery for this injury. If he comes back this week, I'm going to be pretty surprised. But at the same time, Brian Hoyer, is in concussion protocol, might not be ready to go for this game. And I think they'd rather throw Mac Jones out there on a hobbled leg than, you know, throw Bailey Zapp as their starter. Oh, man, yeah. If they play Bailey Zapp, it could be, uh, might be a good moment for Detroit's defense for once. So, yeah, we're not doing anything with these pass catchers, right? I mean, Devontae Parker had that one good game a couple weeks ago, but that, that's pretty much it. There's nothing going yeah. on there. No, no. I mean, there's no pass catcher even worthy of bringing up. Yep, so we're just going to keep moving then. We got the Miami Dolphins playing in New York against the Jets. Miami are three-point favorites. O-runners, 44.5 points. Two has been ruled out for week five. Big surprise. He's probably in a wheelchair. Has anyone have any pictures of this guy? Can he even (laughs) walk right now? Let's just be real. Yeah, yeah, he's obviously out. So Theodore Watercrossing, a.k.a. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, you know, is his God-given name, but that's not really his real name. He's going to be the quarterback for the Dolphins. Should we expect anything different from Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle with the quarterback change? Um, I think you're going to see a small drop-off. Obviously, um, I don't expect this to be as an explosive as of an offense as we saw you know, with Tua in there. But at the same time, I will say Tyreek Hill still had a major, major game last week. He had like 160 yards, if I remember correctly. Yeah, 14 targets, 10 catches for 160. So like he was still very much in the offense, even after the Tua injury. Jalen Waddle was one that looked like he kind of is not not on the best rapport with, with Teddy Bridgewater because he only had five targets on the game. So Pretty big that way. Um, I don't think you're going to see that big of a drop-off, but um, yeah, I think you're you're going to see a slight drop-off from both guys. Yeah, I mostly agree. I think Tyreek Hill, he'll, he'll be fine. A little bit of a drop-off, like you said. Jalen Waddle, I think you'll see a, a big difference in his usage just because him and uh, Tua have such good chemistry together. I'm not saying Teddy Bridgewater can't do it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Waddle struggles while Tua's out and uh, doesn't have nearly the same amount of produ- productivity that he had with Tua. So I, if I had Jalen Waddle, I'd be a little iffy about it, about starting him. Maybe this week just to see what would happen, because they are playing the Jets, who actually have a pretty decent defense, and they have for a couple of years, but they're not the best. So right. maybe start him this week, and I wouldn't be surprised if he has a bad game, though. I mean, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, I'm going to still base it off of, you know, what he's done so far in the season. Um, so I'm not going to, you know, bench him by any means. Um, should be noted, though, that Jalen Wall did miss practice today with a groin injury. 
Um, he's questionable for the for the week. They're not doesn't sound like it's totally serious. It sounds like it might be more of a rest day. So um, probably still a pretty good chance he plays. Yeah, maybe just waddling around a little sore, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, we talked about this also on the waiver wire episode. Maybe I should just quit saying that. <laughs> we said that so many times in this episode. We talked about this the waiver episode. Well, it just means that we're not going to go into too much detail on it because you go back and listen to the other episode and get the, mo- the detail on it. Yeah, yeah, you definitely do that. But we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks. Raheem Mostert slowly taking over this backfield. His snap percentage is increasing every week. Meanwhile, Chase Edmonds, his snap percentage is decreasing every week. Raheem Mostert seems like a good player to have right now. Um, and I would play him for the Dolphins because they have a very creative offense and they sh- should hopefully get this run game together. But what do we do with Chase Edmonds? You know, are you going to drop him? You stashing him? Like, how do you feel about him moving forward? I'm stashing him, but that's only because Raheem is so injury prone. That's exactly what I was going to say, a.k.a. the most hurt, Raheem. <laughs> yeah. Hey, a little side note, it's kind of disappointing. Their their running game is not really what we thought it would be during the offseason. With Mike McDaniels being their head coach, it's, it's, their passing game is really what's sh- shining for them. We thought that their run game would be a lot more creative and a lot more productive. Yeah, we would, but I mean, at the same time, I mean... Very few teams have the have the talent on the outside of the wide receiver position that the Dolphins do right now. I mean, even in San Francisco, they had Debo and they just had Debo. So that's why they use them all over the field. Having Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, two, if not the two fastest guys in the NFL. I mean, they're mismatched nightmares. And when you can put them into weird formations and just, you know, get the most out of them in creative ways. And why do you need to run the ball? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, well, you know, talking about backfields and someone taking over a backfield, it looks like rookie Brees Hall has finally taken over the running back ro- one role from Michael Carter. Big surprise to everyone who liked Brees Hall in the offseason. I'll be honest, I wasn't super convinced with Brees Hall, and I'll be honest, I was wrong. So Brees Hall has definitely taken over the Jets backfield as RB1. Uh, in the last two weeks, Brees Hall has had 86 snaps compared to 69 for Michael Carter. He's also had nine more touches. This is just going to continue as the season progresses, right? Yeah, it certainly seems like it. Um, Brees Hall's you know super explosive. And the biggest thing too, he's getting a ton of passing work. He's had in three of the four games, he's had nine, eleven, and then six targets. That's a lot, a lot of work for running back out of the backfield. So. Um, yeah, Brees Hall, the takeover has begun and it should only become, you know, more solidified as the season goes on. Yeah, definitely. And um, in the passing side of the ball, you know, Zach Wilson, he did come back last week for the first time this season. Looked uh, very typical, I would say, you know, through one touchdown, two picks. He did throw for 250 yards. And it seemed like. Uh, Corey Davis seemed like the biggest beneficiary of Zach Wilson coming back, which sucks for Garrett Wilson owners and Elijah Moore. He's still been kind of iffy. How do you feel about these receivers right now? It seems like a big toss up between these three guys. Oh, yeah, it's an absolute toss up. I mean, honestly, any given week, you could throw these three receivers up against the wall and whichever one sticks will end up having the big game. Like it's just it's going to be completely random week in, week out until we see some type of like pattern come along you don't want to yeah I, i'm not going to get myself into that guessing game on who to you know put into my lineup 
Yeah, definitely. But if I had to guess, I think Elijah Moore is the one who's going to see the biggest dip in production with Zach Wilson out there, which is oh. it's pretty hard it to say with how <laughs> it's pretty hard to say uh, with you know how le- little production he's given you so far this season. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a toss up. If I got Garrett Wilson, though, I'm definitely stashing him and hoping things work out in the end. Um, so yeah, that pretty much wraps up that game. Let's talk about the Falcons playing the Buccaneers in Tampa. Another big, um, big spread here. The Buccaneers are eight and a half point favorites. The O-Runners 48 points. On the Falcons side of the ball, you know, Cordell Patterson, he ended up on IR, which made Tyler Algier one of the big waiver wire pickups this week if he wasn't already rostered in your league. But he also has an incredibly tough matchup during his first week as an RB1 going up against the Bucks. They're only giving up 14 points a game to running backs. And really, traditionally, the last you know three years or so, they've always been really tough against the run. So, would you maybe wait a week to plug Tyler Algier in there? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would. I mean, I know you spent a lot of money on him, so you're itching to get him in there. But man, pump the brakes. Uh, the, the Buccaneers are too damn good against the running backs. Um, I will say there was a against Kansas City last week. Kansas City kept them on their toes, and they were kind of basing what their play calls are going to be based off of what the Buccaneers are doing with their personnel. Um, they basically were look, waiting to see if Vita Veo was on the field, and if he wasn't, then they would run the ball when he was on the field, and they're like, okay, we'll just pass it. Because Vita Veo is the monster in the middle there that you know is preventing most people to be able to run on them. So if that's a little bit of of something that you know teams can kind of bank on and just keep an eye on, on what they're doing when Vita Veo is on or off the field, then maybe they're, they don't become so stout. But I don't expect the Falcons to be that smart. I mean, it's not even that hard of a thing to game plan, though. It's like, is this guy on the field? No? <laughs> okay. Maybe he just check down into a fucking run. I, I'm so surprised the Chiefs are the first ones to really kind of figure that out. Yeah. I mean, you would think so. But, you know, you know how, how you know players and coaches are. They're very prideful. They want to be like, no, you know, my play call is better. You know, we're going to get it done regardless of who, what they have on the field instead of, like, being smart about it. So, yeah, Josh McDaniels, we're looking at you. <laughs> Let Derek Carr do his thing. But uh, anyways, yeah, I, I'd probably wait a week. I mean, he is a waiver wire pickup. It, I don't in many leagues that I have him in. I'm not in a situation where I'm being forced to start him. So, I, you know, I'm definitely on the wait a week for Tyler Algier. But what about the receivers? Drake London, Kyle Pitts. They both had pretty quiet days against the Browns. Uh, Drake London hasn't looked too bad this year, though. You know, not really blowing your mind, but he is definitely having some consistent-ish, like, flex-worthy games, right? Yeah. Um, it's hard to say what's going to happen this week. You know, obviously, it is a tough defense. Um, obviously, you're, you're starting Kyle Pitts because you probably drafted him super early. Drake London's kind of on the the other boat where, you know, you can choose whether to throw him into your flex or not. Um, surprisingly enough, though, the Bucks aren't great against pass catchers. Um they're kind of mediocre. They've given up 26 points a game to the receivers in total. And obviously Drake London's going to get a lot of that. And then, so maybe you can throw him in this week. Um, obviously though, I would still temper expectations just because this is a very good defense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally with you. Uh, on the Buccaneers side of the ball, also shout out to Marcus Mariota. Um, I love him, but maybe not this week. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but on the Buccaneers side of the ball, Tom Brady's actually uh, a little injured right now. 
He did miss practice with multiple injuries. He uh, has a problem with his right shoulder and his right finger. There was a little bit of, um, saw some things going around about him moving his arm weird last week in mm-hmm. Kansas City. So um, I, think, I think he will end up playing this week, but that's something to keep an eye on. I probably wouldn't want to start him. Would you? Yeah. Uh, weirdly enough, I mean, obviously you drafted Tom Brady super late. He's one of those guys that for whatever reason, had a really low um, ADP, even, even though he's been super good in, in recent seasons. Um, so you probably could go another way. Um, but yeah, I don't think I'd, I'd start him with the injuries. But by the way, though, this is Tom Brady. He is going to play. Like Tom Brady doesn't miss doesn't miss games. The only time he's really missed any any time at all um, was when he you know shredded his knee way the hell back in like oh six or whatever the hell that was. So, right. So yeah, you're totally right. He is definitely going to play, but he's not going to play on my fantasy teams. But his receivers. <laughs> You know, Chris Godwin and Russell Gage still, you know, tending to some injuries. They were both limited at practice. Uh, if Chris Godwin plays, I would probably wait. Mike Evans is a must start, obviously. Um, but Chris Godwin or Russell Gage, I mean, would you start at those guys this week? I think if Godwin plays, you start him. Um, he's just, he's too talented. I, I know he's dealing with a bunch of small injuries right now, but. I mean, when he when he's on the field, he tends to to do good things. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna roll with with his talent alone. Russell Gage, on the other hand, I'm only even considering if Godwin's out. But even then, I'm pretty sure Julio's gonna play again as well, and uh, I think he's gonna favor Julio over Russell Gage. Yeah, yeah, I'm with that. What what about the running backs though? You know, Rashad White's kind of creeping into the picture slowly but surely. Leonard Fournette's been struggling for a few weeks. Would you start either of them? Um, you can still start Leonard Fournette. Um, and you probably have to with where you drafted him. You know, probably as your second running back or possibly your first. You went in more of a no running back situation. Um, it's just Rashad White. I'm still waiting on. I understand they're trying to get him more involved, and they did last week. But I want to see it on a more consistent basis. It still kind of seems like. If the game plan calls for uh, you know the bigger running back, Leonard Fournette's going to be the be the guy to go. I think the game plan worked better in Rashad White's favor last week because they were down, and he's the better pass catching running back. So I'm going to wait and see. Um, but right now, Fournette for sure, Rashad White is a stash. Yep, yeah, I'm with you. Besides Fournette, uh, hopefully you picked up one of those running backs this week. Like, um, oh man, I honestly would maybe start Tyler Algier over Leonard Fournette this week. But I'm feeling frisky. That's pretty frisky seeing that the Atlanta Falcons, <laughs> they're not awful against running backs, but they're not great either. So, um, I mean, I would I would expect Atlanta or I would expect Tampa to get it pretty big in this game and then rely on the running game. So I'm thinking Fournette's going to be a perfectly fine start for you this week. Yeah, well, I'm thinking Tyler's Algier. So, no, <laughs> I'm not really kidding, but I mean, Fournette is just like, I uh, mean, if I had him, I would really be hoping I had a second, a different number two running back I could rely on. Um, let's talk about Cameron Brait, though. Last two weeks, he quietly got 14 targets from Tom Brady, starting to show a little bit of chemistry with him. Should we be looking at Cameron Brait? I mean, maybe. I mean, I don't want to say for mm-hmm. sure. Um but yeah, he's getting more usage as the season comes along, so that's always a really good sign. 
Um, I don't think he's somebody that, you know, I'm immediately trying to pick up and put on my and flex in there or, th- you know, throw in my tight end spot. But he's certainly a guy that I'm going to put on on, you know, your watch list as you like to use so much. Yeah, I love using the watch list. Yeah, we'll, we'll watch Cameron Brady. See if it turns into the Brady Bunch out there. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> Just watch the Brady Bunch is what I would say. So let's move on to the Tennessee Titans playing in Washington against the Commanders, formerly known as a racial slur. Um, the <laughs> Titans are <laughs> the, the Titans are two and a half point favorites. Over under is forty two and a half points. Um, on the Titans side of the ball, Traylon Brooks is expected to miss this game and possibly next week. It's turf toe, right? Yep. So, yeah, and we know how iffy that can be. So, yeah, definitely assume he's going to miss a little bit of time. Uh, how do you feel about Robert Woods, Bobby Trees? You know, he's still their wide receiver one even before Traylon Brooks went down, I would say. But, man, that offense is weird. <laughs> and by weird, you mean awful. Yeah, weirdly awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just not getting the usage. I mean, there this whole passing game is a mess. So, no, I'm not thinking that. Um, I just all that mean. I think if if Traylon Burks is out there, that just means there's more defenders sitting there looking at Robert Woods, and he's gonna get you know maybe more of a bracket coverage or right? something like that. So, I just don't trust anybody on this off pass catchers. You know, this is a Derrick Henry and and no one else type of situation in Tennessee. Yep, definitely. And I'm glad to see it because I kept Derrick Henry in the first round and it's slowly working out for you, boy. A little bit of victory lap there. But let's talk about the Washington Commanders, formerly known as a racial slur. Brian Robinson, a.k.a. 50 Cent, designated to return to practice. Um, he actually had his... Uh, uh, I think we wrote this before, but he, he did practice today. His first full practice of the season after getting shot four weeks ago. Um, they still haven't put him on the active roster though. They have 21 days to do it. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'd love to see him this week, but you know, you just got to pump the brakes on that and just keep him on your bench and just wait until it happens because he's going to be the RB one on this offense. Just not quite yet. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, he's, there's an outside shot he plays this week, but it seems pretty slim. It's probably going to be next week or even that week after before we actually see him on the field. But once he is, yeah, he's going to take over that backfield. Yeah, definitely. I can't wait to see it because, man, Antonio Gibson show, that, that experiment's all long gone. It's over. Yep. But Carson Wentz, he's back to just, just Wentzing it up. <laughs> yeah, back-to-back weeks with less than 10 points. He does have a really good matchup this week, though, against the Titans, who are just getting gashed through the air. Do you think him and you know Jahan Dotson, Scary Terry, can they turn this around this week? You know, I think they can. Um, I mean, it's they're not a good defense, and you know, the last couple of weeks they did play good defenses. Um, where the first weeks, uh, actually, lit up Jacksonville, which is surprising because Jacksonville actually showed to be a very good defense so far this season. But he lit them up, and he also lit up uh, Detroit. So he's taking advantage of bad matchups, and this is a uh, or a good. I'm sorry, he's taking advantage of good matchups for him. And then, so this is a good matchup. So, yeah, I think you could expect Carson Wentz to be a decent streaming option for you. And I would expect Scary Terry and Curtis Samuel to, you know, jump back up into being, you know, playable guys as well. I'm still waiting, waiting on Jahan Dotson. 
he's getting a lot of good red zone looks, but he's not getting a whole lot of usage outside of that, and that has me concerned. Yeah, he's a scary play. He can definitely trick you into starting him because he has four touchdowns in four weeks. But yeah, it's another toss-up wide receiver core for sure. I would hope that... Uh, luckily, I don't have any shares in these guys, but if you do... I mean, who are you tossing the coin on, on Terry, between Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel? Um, the Scary Terry is your, is, you know, your bigger boomer bust guy. Curtis Samuel is a little more consistent so far in the season. But honestly, I, I could throw them both into, into my lineups this week and be, and I think I'd feel pretty happy about it. Oh, see, I'm not the only one feeling frisky this week. That's, that's pretty frisky. But, um, yeah, well, speaking of feeling frisky, the Jaguars are playing the Texans. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's my cat sound. Jaguars are cats. Cats are frisky. Whatever. Um, but yeah, so the Texans are playing the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Jacksonville are seven-point favorites. Over-under is 44.5 points. On the Texan side of the ball, Brandon Cooks finally awoke from his slumber, had a good game, seven catches, 57 yards, and a touchdown. I would like to think it's a sign of good things to come and not really just a one-off thing because he is historically so consistent. Uh, do you think he finally you know, um, broke the seal and he's out there again, getting you know, a nice double-digit points every week for you? I mean... I'm with you. I hope so, because obviously that's what we're kind of used to seeing with him. And so far this season, it's been really rough, um, regardless of the matchup. So, yeah, I'm I'm hoping so. I'm hoping that him and Davis Mills are kind of back on on the same page here. Doesn't I mean, mean it's I'm really Davis him, Mills. Doesn't mean I'm throwing him back in my lineup the right right away. I might want to wait to see one more game here. Yeah, I mean, I I would probably wait another week also just because Jacksonville's been doing pretty good as a defense, forcing a lot of turnovers. Davis Mills has had four interceptions in the last two weeks. He has four fumbles on the year. He's only lost one, luckily. So he's pretty prone to turnovers right now. And he is holding Brandon Cooks back. Brandon Cooks does have a lot of targets, so 22. He has 36 targets in four weeks, nine targets a week. So he's definitely averaging a lot of targets. He's just not getting good uh Good targets, I guess you would say. So yeah, I would yeah. I would wait a week on Brandon Cooks, but hopefully it's a sign of good things to come. Uh Damian Pierce, I think he became you know, he's must start territory now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean he has, you know, the he's the workhorse in his backfield now and he seems to be getting better every week, so he's an absolute must start. Yeah, probably yeah, he's the only must start on the Texans right now. And then Brandon Cooks hopefully will become that guy. Yeah. On the Jaguars' side of the ball, though, you know Trevor Lawrence, he was having a pretty good year until he played against the Eagles, which let's just let's be nice about it. He uh, the Eagles are a very good defense, so that's not you know really a, a huge knock on him. But he has a good matchup this week against the Texans. Do, do we think he's going to bounce back this week, old Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, I think he will. Um, I mean, we said it last week going into the game. It was going to be very interesting to see how he fared against a really good defense and not well. He had uh, five turnovers, one interception and four fumbles lost last week, which is really rough. Uh, Houston's not that kind of defense, not that kind of pass rush. So I expect Lawrence to be able to bounce back this week. So if Lawrence is bouncing back, how do we feel about, I mean, 
Christian Kirk, he's been having a pretty good year so far. Is he my start? Yeah, I mean, I I would think so. I mean, luckily last week he still got all the targets he normally gets. He saw nine targets, which um, is on par for the course of the season. The difference is he only had two catches and uh, one for sixty yards, so he, so he had a big play. Um, but yeah, no, I, Christian Kirk is I think is squarely in you know flexing territory or you know even wide receiver two for for uh for most people i mean i understand he's wide receiver 10 on the season so far that's even with a poor game so maybe i'm still undervaluing him some and saying he's not a, a wide receiver one but that's just the way i'm feeling right now is we're still you know trying to figure out exactly who this offense is i think you're definitely undervaluing him i would say christian kirk is wide receiver one slash two I mean, he's he's definitely killing it. And if you drafted him, you got great value for him. You know, you you actually got him in our home league in round 10. Yeah. You know, yeah. So that's been working out. And that's the nice thing thing about that is like, you know, if you drafted him that late, you you're able to put him into your flex. You don't have to put him in your wide receiver two position. Yeah. And that's a good position to be in. So, yeah, I'm definitely starting Christian Kirk. Um, I mean, Zay Jones, are you flirting with Zay Jones here? Nah, I don't think so, man. I mean, I didn't even, I don't know why. I didn't even really have him on my radar at all. But uh, last week, he actually, um, he didn't play. So there's that. Um, he's back to a limited uh, practice this week so far. Um, he was the big waiver wire addition the week before. Um, and then he didn't play. So that's kind of a downer. Um, hopefully he plays again this week and he can kind of bounce back. But he's a guy I'm going to still stash until I see a little more out of him. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I, I said this before in the offseason. You know, Zay Jones, he played for the Raiders for a couple of years. Definitely a very serviceable receiver, but not, you know, he's he's nothing really like above average. I hate to sound like a hater, but, you know, he, he's definitely someone that if I had him, yeah, I'm just sitting him on the bench until he really, really breaks out. But what about these running backs? James Robinson, Travis Etienne. You know, last week, I think we can kind of just throw that week away because the Eagles do have such a good defense. But before that, you know, James Robinson, at least 15 fantasy points a game. Travis Etienne slowly working his way into more touches, but still hasn't really done much. So James Robinson's a must start, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, like you said, last week, it's just a tough week. Philly's a really good defense, so it is what it is. Um, But yeah, I think James Robinson is still a guy you can throw in your lineup and with pretty with pretty good confidence. And then Etienne's still a guy that you just can't rely on yet. Hopefully that comes as the season comes along, but uh, right now it's James Robinson. Yep, most definitely. And if you got the Jaguars defense off the waiver wire, start him. Davis Mills yeah. is a turnover machine <laughs> right now. So, And the Jaguars defense is already killing it. It's just a match made in heaven. So, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up our early games, unless there's anything else you want to bring up before we part with our listeners here. Uh, No, I think that's going to wrap it up. I look forward to talking with you guys again uh tomorrow <laughs> for the late games yeah yeah definitely so tomorrow um th- this episode will be uploaded on thursday morning and then friday morning our late game starter sits will also come out and that episode also contains our starts of the week and we will have jimbo back we did get a text mid-show jimbo will be back with us tomorrow so you won't have to hear my voice the entire goddamn time <laughs> he'll, <laughs> he'll be leading the show for us so yeah um you want to hear our late starts and sits listen on friday morning also our starts of the week we take those pretty seriously we get pretty competitive about it 
But yeah, thanks for listening. And if you made it this far, just make sure you follow us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Like and subscribe wherever you're listening to us right now. Uh, and you know you want to get those notifications for us and give us five stars. Just do it. I don't even care if you don't like us. Just do it. Do a little community service. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Thanks for hanging with us and we will catch you Friday morning. Bye.